Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania, where we broadcast every weeknight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network websites, hagmanreport.com. That's for news, information, analysis, things you need to know, show prep. And, of course, to watch the show, hagmanandhagman.com. And you... Of course, we, we've got the, um, all of our social networking. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Hagman Report and at Hagman PI. That's my personal one on the, on the latter is. Man, we've got a great show for you planned tonight. Uh, oh, by the way, I should mention that we are simulcast on BTR. That's Blog Talk Radio. You can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel. Links to every audio and video broadcasting venue can be found at our home base on the internet, Hagman and Hagman.com. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm, still flying solo today. Joe will be back tomorrow. But we've got a great show planned for you tonight. Uh, two of my favorite people and two of who I like to call my brothers, and I mean that sincerely. Uh, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com and Pastor David Lankford from thevoiceofevangelism.com. And, and brothers indeed, you know, we are getting close to an event horizon here. We all can feel it. If you can't feel it, I, I don't know what to tell you. But but certainly something is something has changed, hasn't it? We've turned that corner. Oh my goodness, we've turned the corner. And by the way, links to both stevequail.com and, and Pastor David Langford's websites in the body of uh, the article for tonight's show at hagmanreport.com. I want to mention before we get started that Portions Nice Broadcast brought to you by Elite Island Resorts. Hey, how many people take their holiday photos on a warm sunny beach and how many people really want after looking at the headlines would love to get away? Well, we found an amazing getaway at a more amazing price. It's the Pineapple Beach Club in Antigua. Uh, right now for under $100 per person per night, you can enjoy it in adults only. That's 16 and above. All-inclusive holiday getaway on a white sandy beach. Go to pineapplebeachclub.com. That's pineapplebeachclub.com or go to hagmanreport.com and click on the link to that offer. Uh, just, uh, more on that later. Uh, but let's get right into this. Again, two, two of my favorite people, two brothers, uh, two people I, I feel very close to, and frankly, two people I look to for spiritual guidance when my spiritual compass is off or needs a little bit of tweaking, Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. Uh, we have them. Let's bring them on. Uh, Steve Quayle and Pastor David Langford. Steve, welcome. Hi, Doug, and it's it's really a timely and I think very important night that David Langford would be on and that we would be on together with you because so much is happening, Doug. I, I would say this. You, you mentioned that things have changed, and they truly have changed, from the black, sooty film that's settling over all the great monuments in Washington, D.C., whether people like the heritage of the United States or not, at least the people that were, uh, let's say, uh, 
people looked up to as having a hand in the forming of our nation. Our nation was different then. What's changed? Well, tonight, before we, uh, you know, get into this thing, I want to say a couple things. Number one, the people that listen to this, their number one goal tonight, if they don't know Jesus, is to come to know him as their personal Lord and Savior. And number two, for those of you that think you're beyond the grace of God or that you're toying with sin, God will forgive you and flee you and clean you up if you will but do it on God's terms. Number, uh, that may be two or three, but the other thing I want to share with everybody, this is a time now unlike any other, and the people are going to be what I would call in a pre-breath away from panic. So pray in the morning to ask the Lord, or at night, who he would have you talk to, if anyone. Don't open your mouths until he tells you. I've learned this, Doug, the hard way. But before we get into uh, tonight's uh, time together, I want to read this. I'm going to turn it right over to Pastor Langford, because... The time of the end came into my heart, and most people that know the book of Daniel know that the time of the end or the end of time exists uh, just about seven times within the chapters of Daniel. But I'm going to read Daniel chapter 12. And at the time of the end shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, everyone that shall be found written in the book talking about the book of life. And many of them that sleep in the dust here shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament. And they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even till the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river, and the other side on that bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, How long shall it be to the end of these wonders? I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times, times and a half. And when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, all these things shall be finished. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice shall be taken away, and the abomination that maketh desolate set up, there shall be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Blessed is he that waiteth and cometh to the cometh to the thousand three hundred and five and thirty days. But go thy way till the end be, for thou shalt rest and stand in thy lot at the end of days. Now David and I talked about that, and David did a, a, a really good exegesis or explaining uh, the three and a half year tribulation. This tonight is not about that, but what's happening tonight is simply this. Doug, I can tell you from my email, which is substantial, that there's a panic within the people of God. And the best word I know is don't panic. 
praise him. I cannot give everyone an answer, nor can Pastor Langford individual answers for individual problems that only the God of the universe, creator of heaven and earth, can have solutions for. But we can tell you who to go to. Matthew 24, 21 and 22, and then I'm going to turn it over to David. But then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days should be short, and there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. That word shortened is really important to understand. The word literally means to abridge it, to cut it off, to shorten the voyage, to dock. And so what we're talking about tonight are the events that people are trying to uh, put into a framework of understanding. I'm going to say something. If you can see it, you can say that you've been made able to see it through the intervention of the living God. As Peter, when he confessed Jesus was the Son of God, Peter was told by Jesus, Blessed are you, Peter, for flesh and blood did not reveal that to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And it's David Langford, Pastor David Langford, and my heart's desire, and Doug, your heart's desire, that tonight people get a miraculous touch of individual intervention in their life so that as these things come fast upon us, that they will know that no matter what happens, God will never leave us nor forsake us. And there has never been a time like this, nor will there be again. For those who believe the Constitution, the Bill of Rights uh, still exists. They're not acknowledged by the United Nations, nor any of our government any longer. That's hard for people to reference. They'll argue with me me that uh, that's non-patriotic. No, I love what the country once was. I do not know what it has become. And I do know this, when God himself says he judges a nation according to their iniquity, and that there is a time when his cup gets filled, only the mercy of God can deliver the people of God. And I want to share this, and, then, and now, David, I want to give it to you. Total lawlessness is in the land. God has revealed, is revealing with every headline, with every new bit of uh, skullduggery, with every bit of uh, uh, profane, disgusting, horrifically demonic events being profiled every day now in the headlines that were never even spoken of in the old days, the days what I would call of the uh, pre-dam, uh, pre, not pre-Adamic, but pre-damned nation. So total lawlessness, as God reveals the mystery of iniquity, is upon us. And we're going to talk about some things tonight that what the people of God can expect versus what they have to recognize God will deal with his people separate and apart from the way he's dealing with the world under judgment. Go ahead, David. Amen. Thank you, Steve. And, Doug, it's a joy to be with you tonight and a joy to be in the homes and the offices of the listeners tonight, wherever they might be, or downloading this program at another time to hear it. But I want to again begin tonight because God has been dealing with my heart uh, for the last six weeks about the word mystery. Uh, we have the Greek word is mysterion, M-U-S-T-E-R-I-O-N. Romans 16.25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God 
made known to all nations for the obedience of faith to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. There are many, many mysteries throughout the scriptures, and it's up to the child of God to search out those mysteries. And God has said these things and done these things in mysteries intentionally. It's so that the world cannot see, the world cannot discern, the world cannot know some of the things that God is doing, but He's done it in such a manner that the believer, the child of God, can know these things and know them correctly, uh, to know them and understand them, and to be able to, you know, connect the dots and put them together. Uh, And these things, as the Bible says, are mysteries. And Matthew 13, verses 10 and 11, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And I say that to let you know tonight that some people will never get it, because their heart is not set toward God to know the deep things of God. First uh, Corinthians 2, nine says, It is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, Neither has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him, but God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, most people have preached that passage there uh, as being in heaven. It is written, I have not seen nor ear, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man. God's not addressing heaven there. He's addressing the Spirit of God and the Spirit of God's ability to reveal unto you and I, the believer, the deep things of God. I want you to understand that. But God hath revealed them unto us by His Spirit, for the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now, the the first debate was Monday night. And I, I'm into word studies, word etymology, and I'm going to read two paragraphs to here, uh, here, uh, and I want you to see if you can discern who the paragraphs are addressing when it comes to the name Hofstra. They had this debate at Hofstra. Well, this is what Hofstra means. You attract success and money. You are a lover of nature and do not need others for your happiness. You are self-sufficient. You strive for material success and power and have business sense. You possess strong organizational abilities, can be a good manager and an executive by nature. You are capable of great achievement in business and finance. You are frank, methodical, and believe in law, system, and order. You find the best contentment in life when you own your own home and provide well for your family and loved ones. You have a great sense of responsibility and duty. You are comforting, appreciative, and affectionate. Your obligation in life is to hold justice and truth, and if you follow the law, you can find the great happiness and satisfaction. Doug, who do you think that sounded like Monday night? Um, 
gee whiz. Uh, I'll, I'll say Donald Trump. <laughs> that, that was yeah, a tough one. It, Pastor. You know, it's oh. amazing how accurate God does things, and yet people overlook them. This, these two paragraphs described Donald Trump to a T. I mean, you are frank. He's very outspoken, methodical, and believe in law, system, and order. Those are the things he is saying. Now, some of you would question, well, why would you bring that up? Because God does work in mysteries. And he does things because he's in control of everything. Only God can know the end of a matter in the beginning. You and I do not have that ability as creatures of nature. Only by the revelation of God can God reveal to a man what's going to take place before it ever happens. Tonight we want to look at a king called Cyrus. A hundred and fifty years before Cyrus was born, the Holy Ghost, through the book of Second Chronicles, Chapter 36, 22, and verse 23 says this. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith king Cyrus of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth hath the Lord God of heaven given me, and he hath charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you of all his people? The Lord his God be with him, and let him go up. This prophecy was given 150 years before Cyrus was even born. You go directly from the book of Chronicles to the book of Ezra. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1. This was an edict from Cyrus. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, that the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, that he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom, and put it also in writing, saying, Thus saith Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord God of heaven hath given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and hath charged me to build him a house at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. So God kept his word. We find that in Isaiah 44, and I want to start at verse 24, because I want you to get the, the picture of the majesty, the deity, the supreme divinity that only God possesses. Isaiah 44, verse 24, Thus saith the Lord God thy Redeemer, and he that formed thee from the womb, I am the Lord that maketh all things, that stretcheth forth the heavens alone, that spreadeth abroad the earth by myself, that frustrateth the tokens of the liars, and maketh diviners mad. You know, I believe God is about to frustrate the liars in the very near future, that turneth wise men backward, and maketh their knowledge foolish, that confirmeth the word of his servant, and performeth the counsel of his messengers, that saith to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be inhabited, and to the cities of Judah 
ye shall be built, and I will raise up the decayed places thereof. We know that's exactly what happened. Jerusalem was utterly destroyed and ruined under the siege of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. But many years passed. It was actually Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar's grandson, that was in charge of Babylon when the Medo-Persian Empire came in, October the 12th, 539 B.C., destroyed Babylon and allowed Israel to go back. And so God is prophesying 150 years before this that in the process of Israel leaving their captivity and going back to Jerusalem, he's going to raise up a king that is going to help them in a very divine and sovereign way. Going back to Isaiah forty four twenty seven, That saith to the deep, Be dry, and I will dry up thy rivers. That saith of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, Thou shalt be built, and to the temple thy foundation shall be laid. Now, God, in his sovereignty, describes Cyrus as a shepherd. He would be the one to give oversight in helping to rebuild Jerusalem. And he says that Cyrus shall perform all my pleasure. In other words, whatever God has seen fit, what God has divinely uh, providenced to come to fruition, God says, I'm going to use this man, who, by the way, was a heathen. He was not a Jew in the sense of keeping the Mosaic law. His mother was Esther. I won't get into all of the genealogy tonight, but the Bible tells us in Proverbs 21, 1, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. God can do anything. And, and tonight, I, I want the focus to be on the sovereignty of God. Now, I've said many times, it is a terrible, terrible thing to be helpless. But it is a worse thing to become hopeless. Once a man or woman loses hope, they no longer care. They just soon die rather than live. But me, those of you listening tonight who have the Spirit of God having a place of residence in your heart, will never allow you to lose hope. Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. I never have discouragement to the degree and shame on my face in having no hope in my God. Romans 8.31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? I know this nation is on the precipice of something happening. But what we have to understand is in spite of all the negativity, there is a God in heaven who has uttered his prophecies and his words through the prophets of old. The prophets of old could foretell the future of the coming Messiah, but yet it was not revealed to them the depth and the breadth of what God was going to do. And that's exactly what Paul was telling us in Romans 16 there, verse 25, in how that, according to the revelation of the mystery, 
which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God. As Steve shared with us there from Daniel chapter 12, close up the book, seal up the words until the time of the end, which simply means at the time of the end, God is going to begin to reveal and manifest certain things to the church, the body of Christ, because the church is his body. And so he told Daniel, go by way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Now the word closed there means kept secret. There are some things that God desires to keep secret until people get hungry and thirsty and desire to know the secrets of God. God has so many things, I believe in this hour, He wants to reveal to the people. But the people don't have a hunger for the mysteries and the mystiques of God. Uh, Ephesians 3 and 8, Paul said, Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Christ Jesus. So some of these things have been willfully and intentionally been hidden by God. Because God does this so that we will pursue Him. You know, regretfully today, there's, there's not a lot of pursuit in, in, in chasing God. Uh, Tommy Tenney wrote a book some years ago, God Chasers. We, we don't have God chasers anymore. They chase everything but God. But it's time for the people of God to start chasing God and seeking God. Because God has got some things He is going to accomplish, He's going to do, but it's up to you and I. It's up to you and I to seek out these mysteries. And, and Cyrus was one of those mysteries that God prophesied a hundred and fifty years before he was born what he was going to do. And he says, he is my shepherd. Now, I don't, I don't put my faith in men. Well, let, me, let me be very candid and plain here. I'm not trusting in Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton or whoever the case might be. I'm trusting in God. Psalms 118 verse 8 says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. I'm, I, my confidence is not in a man. You Pastor, know. Pastor, hold that thought, right, please. Um, yeah. Wow. You know, in pursuit of the truth and the Word of God, you made you made your point. We need to hunger for the mysteries and the truth. We're going to be right back with Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle. Stay right where you're at. Listening live from Germany, France, the Netherlands, Nova Scotia, all across the United States. 
Canada and Central and South America. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for your checking in with us, letting us know where you're listening from. Don't even know what time it would be in those areas, but my goodness, uh, thanks. Thanks for joining us and well deserved or well, uh, a great program for tuning in with Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com. That's the voice of evangelism.com and Stephen Quayle from stevequayle.com. Two of my favorite people as well. Um, Pastor Langford talking about the understanding the limits of the man and of men, but of the man in this case, Donald Trump right before the break. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, but, but uh, God is working. God is good. So, Pastor, go ahead. Uh, turn it over. Uh, Steve, I'll turn it over to you, sir. Well, you know, I'm just. We're just going to continue this. But I want to. I want to share that I think it's critical that the mysteries of God are made known as the time seal, if you will, the seven seals. Obviously, that only the Lamb of God was worthy to open. If people can argue about the seven seals, and you know whether we're at the, the you know the first seal, second seal, or third seal. My answer to that is basically, you better be concerned that you're sealed with the literal sealing of the Holy Ghost. You know, one of the things that troubles me, Doug, is that people are looking to everyone or criticizing everyone in trying to figure out where they should go, what they should do. And the book of Revelation, you know, the, 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 it's very clear that there's a group of people, and I'm not going to go into who are the 144,000, but they follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. It's important that people understand that there are requirements for Christians who are in this world. And I propose this. I'm going to just ask a question, and then, David, you can answer too, and if you choose to. But why has the Christian world, or forgive me, that which causes Christian world, been silent to 70-plus million babies slaughtered in the womb? Why has the Christian church been silent to, uh, you know, uh, literally hundreds of thousands and millions of brethren being slaughtered? Why have the churches put up no resistance to uh, temples and mosques coming in to their town, whether it's satanic temples or Islamic mosques, and the Christians are forced to retreat? Retreat, retreat, retreat. I want to give you an answer, and then I want to talk about why I see God's hand on Donald Trump. I've been arguing, David, with uh, people uh, in my email today, not arguing, just let's say this, confronting them as they confront me. But Luke 12, 7 through 9 says this, but even the very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear, fear not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Also I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be, den- be denied, excuse me, before the angels of God. The reason why I see something different about Donald Trump, I saw a picture of Donald Trump. Now look, let me make this clear. God uses the basis of men, or he uses the faces of men. But you know what I never hear, Pastor Langford, is the argument, what happens if this is God's plan and time for redemption in his life? I, I ask myself to be relieved. I think, Doug, you may have been on it, and uh, David, maybe you were getting, I don't know what they call them, group uh, emails where all these people are, are uh, 
are giving their opinions why they're not going to vote for Trump or, or, you know, don't you know, Steve, where he stands on this? I said, I know exactly where he stands. He allowed a, a group of, of black-believing pastors to come against the evil spirits warring against him, and he bowed his head. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you expect things out of men that are to be perfect in your moral framework. And, and don't give me that stuff, well, you know, if he were this, he wouldn't be for abortion or whatever. How do you know what God will do with him? See, David, that's what I want to get across tonight. Until we hear of the Lord's hand dealing, until we see the eyes of the Lord and the hands of the Lord on a man's life, every single argument will be used against that man, but once God places that hand on his hand on a man's life and that man goes forward, or a woman, the power of faith and 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 uh, and boldness uh, wasn't it Proverbs what twenty eight one the wicked flee when no man pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. I hear whimpers, brother. I don't hear the lion roaring. I don't hear the lion of Judah's victory shout being uh, uh, put forth in the press, being put forth. You know, I take that seriously, David, and I know you do too. Whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. But he that denieth me before men shall be denied before the angels of God. And I have a question. What do we have, any of us, to have to gain by being quiet, quiet excuse me, except slaughtered? So the reason I see, uh, you know, and for the record, uh, I did the Coast to Coast about a year ago or whenever before uh, Donald Trump announced his presidency, and I think George Norrie asked me on the air if I if I was endorsing him. I said I'm going to support him because I know who hates him. It's amazing. Here's what I don't get, Doug, and I'm going to give it right to you, David. People will only see what their preconceived biases allow them to see rather than to, to even begin to think, now maybe God is over the affairs of all men. Now, of course, I know he is, and you do, Doug, and so does David. But the question marks, if, if the scripture is true, Proverbs 28.1, if the righteous are as bold as lions and there are no, uh, let's say this, bold actions, bold deeds, or bold professions of faith, then i got to tell you something. Who are the righteous? Well, the righteous are those who are bought with the blood of the Lamb and made righteous through Jesus Christ. But the reason that I think it's interesting, I told Pastor Langford this, I was, I was praying about Donald Trump, I don't know, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever, and what was interesting to me, God said, Steve, the whole world will turn against him as Pharaoh turned against my people. Even though Pharaoh saw the hand of the Lord, perhaps the liberals, the Luciferians, the globalists, the Satanists, the bankers, all of the what we would call the darkness, the brotherhood of darkness, understand something. They can hate, slander, uh, be, be little, they can criticize, they can accuse this, that, of, of the other thing, but what happens when God says, I'm hardening all their hearts so that when I give the victory, it's my victory. Doug, you had Henry Gruber on your show. Uh, we did a show together with you, I don't know, a couple months ago maybe, in August? I don't know. I think it was August, a uh, month and a half ago. But Henry said the same thing. He saw, I guess, what was it he said, Doug? Didn't he say he saw kind of like a 
cape, a golden cape being placed over him or something. Right. Yes. And and yeah. then they had the picture of Henry, uh, or not that they had a picture in the national press that obviously CNN and all the devils that are wouldn't carry. But it was that very event happening. So why am I saying this? I'm saying this to echo what Pastor Langford said. We cannot by searching find out the ways of Almighty God. I opened with Daniel 12 because that's exactly where we're at. That which has been sealed, even kept from the eyes of the prophets for all these years that they long to look into, that they long to see, we now see them. And we're being blessed with the, how do I say this? We're being blessed with the revelation of Jesus Christ and what nothing frosts my cake or, uh, you know, whatever, uh, worse than people that quote Revelation then want to denigrate Jesus or not only denigrate him but deny him. The point being, it's a revelation of Jesus Christ whom God gave to his servant John on the island of Patmos. So what we're talking about here is look beyond what you see. One is bowing his head, Donald Trump in prayer, and one by her emails is sacrificing to Moloch in her backyard. Well, I gotta tell you something. The the difference between night and day, light and dark, couldn't be any more obvious. And I'm standing still by this. I don't know if God gives us an intermission on his judgment. I know so many people need the baptizing and the infilling with the Holy Spirit. They need individual miracles. And I asked, actually sent an email to a group of intercessors and Susan York's entire fellowship saying, pray tonight because Pastor Langford and Doug and I will be sharing with the people and pray for individual release of miracles in people's lives to, for the backsliders to come back. For David has made the statement, Pastor Langford, that God never gets tired of forgiving. I, I'm, I'm living proof of that. So the thing is, is that tonight people need miracles. They need miracles of provision. If I told you guys seriously, and I, I've said it in the air, and I'm obviously using that as a metaphor, but how many people are desperate? How many people are literally uh, veterans dying without medication? Uh, you know, it, it just, it's tragic. All I see around me is death, but all I know is this. In the presence of death, the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who is the resurrection, is going to come into this. Just like when everybody's got their temples to Moloch, their temples to the, the Ark of Baal, Baal, whatever, all of their horrific paganism, all their horrific uh, uh, twisting of history, the Lord will yet appear in his temple. And guess where the temple is? I don't care about what's being built in Jerusalem. That makes people angry? Good. The thing I care about is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which the Apostle Paul said, Know ye not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost? When God stands up in his temple, when the people of God understand what he's done for them, in them, and will do through them, I'll tell you what, that's when the, the earth will tremble under their feet. That's when there will start to be victory as opposed to defeat, murder, slaughter, be, uh, belittling of the Lord Jesus Christ. My number one uh, uh, prayer before God is, Lord, when will your people stand up for Jesus who stood down for us it was, uh, gave
gave his life, gave us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That's my open prayer, Doug. That's my open prayer, David. And, and I believe God's going to answer. That is the desire of my heart for the people of God to stand up and not to be ashamed of Jesus. Go ahead, David, because we are going to see what we've never seen before. The scriptures declare it. Amen. You know, that's why Numbers 23 and 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, shall he not do it? Hath he spoken, shall he not make it good? God, God is going to make all of his word good. But to reinforce what Steve just said in 1 Corinthians 1 and 26, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty and base things of the world. Now, we, he's talking about the world, not the church. I want you to get this. He keeps using the word world. Verse 27, But God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and things which are despised. Is Donald Trump not despised? Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. This is why God does this. I mean, he is the master, no pun intended, of pulling out the trump card when least expected. Now, in the fifth chapter of the book of Acts, an explosion has taken place in the church. is being birthed, born, God is moving. Thousands of people are being converted. They're being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the world and the church has come together to stop this God of Abraham that's been exalted through the Prince and the Savior, Jesus Christ. So they arrest the apostles, they're beating them, they're, they're martyring them, they're doing everything they can to stop it. And then the Bible says in Acts 5 and 34, Then stood there up one in the council of Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people, and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. In other words, take them out of the room. I want to give you guys some advice. I want to give you some counsel. And then he begins, and said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what ye intend to do, as touching these men, as touching these men. For before these days rose up Theodos, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing, and drew away much people after him, he also perished, and all men, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men, and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest happily ye be found even to fight against God. Simply put, God is going to win. 
And no matter what anyone tries to do, no matter how they try to manipulate the system, how they cheat, they lie. As the Bible said there in Isaiah 44 and 25, he said, I'm going to frustrate the liars. Now, we know a liar is a sinner. Revelation 21, 8, all liars shall have their part in the lake of fire. I've never witnessed such a time of lying in all of my life. I mean, these people lie like a rug. I mean, you, 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 they don't even try to conceal the lies anymore. It, it, it's amazing how blatant, how nefarious, how wicked. And there, there's not even any attempt to to try to conceal it anymore. It, it, it's just in your face lying. Yet God is doing something in the midst of this cesspool of sin and of iniquity. You know, Paul in Second Thessalonians two seven, he said, "For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It was working back then. It's working even now. But God has mysteries, and in the last four to six weeks, the Holy Spirit has been hammering me." about trying to get my mind spiritually around the mysteries. Uh, and, and, and 1 Peter 1 and 10 says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was, was in them, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves but unto us they did minister the things. Now, now what does that mean? Let, let me capsulize that. Nobody gave us greater insight of the sufferings of Jesus than Isaiah. Isaiah 52, 14 said, His visage was marred more than any man. Isaiah 53, 5 says, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, 12, Because He hath poured out His soul unto death, He was numbered with the transgressors. He bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. The psalmist in Psalm 69, 20 said, Reproach hath broken mine heart. I looked for some to take pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. These prophets of God foretold the Messiah, yet God would not let them see it come to fruition. They were prophesying about things they didn't understand. Peter, there in 1 Peter 1.11, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, they had the Spirit of Christ, did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves. God didn't reveal it unto them. He kept it concealed. But unto us they ministered these things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. The Spirit of God has such a mystique. It, 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 it's, it's, it's unfathomable 
the mysteries and the mystique of God. That's why when I witness what's taking place, I'm, I'm every day sitting on the edge of my seat. What will God do next? The world will perceive it foolishness, but the foolishness of God, Paul said, is, is greater than the wisdom of men. If God could be foolish, which he cannot, but if he could be foolish, the foolishness of God is greater than the wisdom of men. Ephesians 3 and 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote aforetime in few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of man, men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. It had been hidden in other ages and was not made known unto the prophets, the sons of God. They foretold it, but they didn't understand what they were prophesying. And we, if we have the Spirit of God, we are witnessing one of the greatest moves of God right now. These people say, well, I don't really see anything. Well, that's because you're not looking at it through the lens of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. The church's greatest hour is going to be in the time of the end. We are the salt. We are the light. We're going to go through this period known as Great Tribulation, because the Great Tribulation is not the wrath of God. That's another thing people don't understand. They, if, when they say Great Tribulation, they include the wrath of God. That's not true. That's why the wrath of God, in Revelation 15, 1, 16, 1, in them, those seven vials, is filled up the wrath of God. We're not appointed unto that. But Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. This is a type of birthing. And, and, and the closer a woman comes to birthing her child, the greater the labor pains, the more frequent the labor pains. We are seeing more intensity and more frequency. It's becoming more and more frequent than ever before. And everybody is, you know, concerned about the stock market. They're concerned about the Feds keeping interest rates low, being politically controlled. Uh, the FBI directors politically controlled. Uh, uh, the the, the uh, uh, Attorney General being controlled. It's like everything is being controlled, and it is. But I understand it not to be under satanic control as much as God is allowing it. God is the one that's in control. There, there is nothing taking place right now that's causing God to look over to his son and say, Hey, you got some Valiums? My nerves are about to shot. They're, they're just about shot. I need some help. No. God operates in the greatest of peace and poise and posture and knows exactly what's going on. And I have felt for quite some time there is something coming. We all sense it. We all know it. I, I don't know what it will be, how it will be made manifest, how it will come to fruition. I believe it will be good. I believe it will be bad. I believe for the redeemed, it will be edifying. For the wicked, it will be terrifying. I mean, it will be just that broad and separation, edifying or terrifying. You know, if, if you're on the Lord's side, it's edifying. 
when, when Rahab the harlot, she said, we've heard of your God. He's a terrible God. But she believed the two spies. She hid them. She concealed them. And because of her obedience and protecting them, the walls of Jericho came down. The city was totally decimated, but her and her family was delivered. God can deliver in the midst of judgment. You see, that's why it's important. And that was so apropos that Steve started off with Daniel chapter 12. I'm telling you folks, there are, there are mysteries and there are things concealed that, that only people who have the Spirit of God can know these things and see these things and, and have comfort. And, and if you don't see them or you don't know them, you can still have peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, Whose mind is stayed upon thee, he will keep him in perfect peace. You know, maybe we don't get our heads around all of it. Maybe we don't understand all of it. But it doesn't matter. Why? Because God is the Prince of Peace. And if our hearts are stayed upon Him, He will keep us in that mode of peace. I, I must admit, you know, I really have peace in my heart. I, I'm not worried. I'm not fretful. I, I don't have any anxiety. You know, I know that God is in control. Every time you turn around, it seems as though there is there is something taking place that's negative that, that if, you, if you're not careful it will paralyze you fear will paralyze you Second Timothy 1 7 Paul said God hath not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and so we, 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 we can't afford to let the things of the world uh, distract us to the degree that we live in, in a, a state of paralysis we have to trust in the Lord don't want time to the next break top of the hour yeah, as a matter of fact, this is a good stopping point, Pastor. Okay. We're, uh, uh, thank you so much for recognizing that. Uh, folks, Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle, um, Pastor Langford talking, my goodness, talking exactly about the, uh, well, just about the uh, current events and, and how things right now, how you can feel that we've changed, uh, turned a corner here. And for the righteous, you know, it's going to be exciting. And, and for the unrighteous. Well, I do sense you're going to have some problems ahead. We're so glad to have them joining us. Uh, Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Pastor David Langford from the newly revised thevoiceofevangelism.com. And while you're there at the Voice of Evangelism, do get Revolution, <laughs> Revolution, Revelation 13 Revealed. What a great book that is. That's in our library. What a talented writer Pastor Langford is. Folks, hang right where you're at. We're going to be right back. Spiritual shot, the spiritual shot of B12 or a B12 uh, spiritual type shot. You know what I'm trying to say. Man, it, it was so great to have Pastor David Langford from the voice of evangelism.com and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Of course, they were recently on Jim, with Jim Baker on the Jim Baker show. What, what a blessing they bestowed upon the, uh, the people there in attendance. And of course, all of the viewers there, you, you can catch that on YouTube, their appearance. 
And of course, uh, we're so fortunate to have them, each and every one of us. Uh, I just want to say thank you publicly to both uh, Steve Quayle and uh, Pastor Langford. Before we get back to them, I just want to ask, are you, folks, are you tired of the headlines? I mean, are the headlines getting you down? Of course, we find our solace and, and uh, inspiration and well, we find that in the Word of God, but, uh, you know, in the physical realm here, if, if you're, if you want to leave the chaos behind, let me uh, tell you about an amazing website, an amazing getaway that we found for an even more amazing price. That's the Pineapple Beach Club in Antigua. R- right now, for just $99 per person per night, you can enjoy an adults only, that's 16 and above, all-inclusive holiday getaway on a white sandy beach. Go to pineapplebeachclub.com or call 800-772-8711 to make your reservations today. That's pineapplebeachclub.com. There, you're, you're gonna, let me just tell you a little bit more about this because it's, it's great. Uh, you've got, uh, all inclusive for your $99. It's all inclusive. We've got meals, snacks, beverages. Yes, even the alcohol, glass of wine with dinner. Uh, resort activities and all taxes and service charges are included in that fee. They've got five restaurants on site, the Tranquility Spot, two freshwater pools, windsurfing, snorkeling, kayaking. Yes, yeah, so much more to do there. Planning a destination wedding? We'll do it with my stepson did, and that's, uh, arrange it through pineapplebeachclub.com. You can, they can do that too. I mean, it's, you can do it too. The resort encompasses 30 acres of just beautiful tropical foliage and, and, uh, wild blooms. Can you smell the flowers? And, and we do need to take time to smell the flowers, don't we? Antigua itself is located in the Caribbean, and it's the largest speaking leeward island in the area. It's known for its just beautiful weather and pristine white sand beaches and colorful cultural festivals. When you're ready to leave the chaos behind this year, get some well-deserved R&R. Don't wait. This offer expires soon. Go to pineapplebeachclub.com or call 800-772-8711 to book your all-inclusive holiday for less than $100 per night per person. That's ages 16 and up. up. You can enjoy everything I just mentioned and more. That's pineapplebeachclub.com. You don't want to miss this offer. See the website for complete details, pineapplebeachclub.com. And speaking of uh, white sandy beaches and just a relaxing time, relax with us here as we listen to Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle talk about, yes, some disconcerting events taking place, uh, the insights of the prophets, biblical prophets. However, there is hope, and there's hope through uh, through the Word of God. So I'm going to turn it right up back over to Steve to bring in this hour. Steve, go ahead, sir, and uh, take us where you want to go. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with the a uh, little bit more detail on hardening of Pharaoh's heart, because God himself is setting a delineation between the sheep and the goats. God himself is taking the mask off. He's taking all of the uh, pretense out of the politician's uh, pipe of uh, or bag of um, uh, magic tricks. In other words, he's stripping the United States before the entire world to see that it is no longer what we uh, once were, but he's allowing the people to see beyond. Doug, I was on a show with you, David, you and I did a show maybe a couple years ago, where I said that the United States would become a hissing in the nostrils of the nations around us. Basically, Iran said to the United States just last week, we don't care, I'll paraphrase, we can kick your butt anytime we want. 
You see, the problem with a nation that loses its focus place, but more importantly, uh, abandons God and says, we can go it alone, it's suicide. And I believe that's the devil's end game. Let me make that clear. Where you see the military being destroyed, and believe me, I hear of uh, enough of the military, I see enough of their failures, the Navy ships, multi-billions don't work, uh, aircraft crashing, the new uh, Chinese fighter by our ace pilot saying it's four times better than anything we got right now. Uh, Vladimir Putin sending signals that they can take out our command, control, and communication by shutting down the Donald S. Cook, sneaking up on aircraft to getting within, at some points, four feet of their wingtips, and they didn't see him coming. I think what we have to remember is, is that the scripture gives us such a clear picture of how people, both uh, redeemed, should act and will act, and how the evil ones will act. So the word hardened Pharaoh's heart is used 16 times in the Old Testament, 15 times in the Old Testament, one time in the New Testament. And I'm just going to read this and comment, because I want to give you the, you can go look it up, Exodus 7.13, and he, God, where it says in he, it's always the Lord, and he hardened Pharaoh's heart that he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Remember, Moses and Aaron are sent into Pharaoh's court to demand that Pharaoh let his people go. And guess what? Pharaoh wouldn't have anything to do with it. Exodus 7, 14, And the Lord said unto Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let the people go. Exodus seven twenty two and the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, neither they hearken unto them as the Lord had said, in the issue of the staffs turning into snakes, and even though Aaron's uh, staff that rotted uh, Aaron's staff that budded uh, ate up the Egyptian snakes, still that hardened Pharaoh's heart. Supernatural stuff wouldn't get Pharaoh's attention. And by the way, I want to make it clear that used to bother me why God hardened his heart. Let me share this. God gave Pharaoh over to the lie that Egyptian pharaohs believed they were gods. So God allowed his deception to be the vehicle. It's Basically, you say, God gave him over to himself. That's what Paul talks about. God gave him over in the book of Romans. Exodus 8, 15, but when Pharaoh saw that there was a respite, in other words, that things died off for a minute, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. Exodus eight nineteen. then the magician said unto Pharaoh, this is the finger of God, and Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them, as the Lord had said. And it goes on in eight thirty two. and Pharaoh hardened his heart, eight nine seven. Exodus, and Pharaoh said, behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead, and the heart of the Pharaoh was hardened and he did not let the people go. In other words, they who think they are God will not allow themselves or their followers to see that there is a God in heaven who is the maker and creator of heaven and earth and who sent Jesus. You see, this is what's happened. They who have the pride and arrogance, even in the realm of uh, technology, whether it's singularity, whether it's uh, enhanced longevity, whether it's the super soldier formula, whether it's live forever, download your subconscious into a new body, they believe they are gods. Some of the most famous transhumanists, basically a transhumanist is someone that believes that science will make a better body, a better mind, and build a better civilization than what God has done. So you see in Exodus, you see this hardening of Pharaoh's heart, but I'm saying this, and, and the headlines would not speak the truth. 
and the headlines would not speak the truth, and the headlines would not speak the truth. 9.34, Exodus. And when Pharaoh saw that the rain and the hail and the thunders were ceased, he sinned yet more and hardened his heart, he and his servants. 9.35, And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, neither would he let the children of Israel go, as the Lord had spoken by Moses. And we're getting to the best one of all, and this is, I'll jump right to it. And Moses and Aaron did these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. But then the next one, the last one in Exodus says this, And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel, and the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Even the last act of his defiance. Now let me make this clear. I do not know the last act of defiance that will take place, but I do know this. And I and remember, ladies and gentlemen, it was American Pharaoh that won the, uh, what was it, the horse race. Remember this, when, uh, when um, what's his name, Obama became, the entity became president, the Middle East heralded him as Pharaoh. I hope you get the picture here. None of this is by chance. This is the Lord God of heaven declaring the end from the beginning, and this is where it gets incredible. Then in First Samuel 6, 6, Wherefore, then, do ye harden your hearts, as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go, and they departed? What I'm saying is, as much as total lies, David, you and I both know that the whole world lies in the evil one. The scripture is there. But for anyone to expect truth out of the media or out of the mainstream news um, or out of politicians. Where would that expectation come when they already denied the very person of truth? Truth is not a concept. It is not a philosophy. It is a person of Jesus Christ. Proverbs 8, Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God. Jesus telling uh, Mary and Martha at the tomb of Lazarus, or before they went to the tomb, but the bottom line is, I am the resurrection, not the process in the last days. So we need to come to the grips with them, or come to grips with immediately is this, is that for whatever reason that God is doing what he does, he has his secrets. He reveals his secrets to his servants, the prophets. The testimony of Jesus, of a man redeemed, or a woman redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, who's confessed her sins before a holy God, that cries out, God forgive me, and says, God help me. I tell people the most powerful four-letter word I know is help especially in your prayer life, but it's got to be said honestly. You know, we're at the point, ladies and gentlemen, where anything goes now. The reports, David, I remember you and I doing our first talk radio shows years ago, talking about the days that would come, the days that would come, the days that would come. We could show people events leading up to these days. We would tell them what kind of actions would be taking place. But I'll tell you this, the days of wine and roses are over. This is a day, a dark and gloomy day, and the Lord rebukes the people that can't say, well, I just can't wait for the hammer to fall. You don't understand what happens when the hammer falls, so every moment we have is another gift from the living God to seek him and to win others to Jesus. So if, in case people didn't hear me earlier, turning in late, the United States government, the world bankers, the United Nothings, the United Nations, the global Satanists, and that's what they are. 
they want to destroy every Christian on the face of the earth. The man that told me that, it cost him his life, the red, the blue, uh, the green list, the curative process, which you now see even going into effect by many, in other words, to drive out of business all doctors, all health care provision, and to take out anybody, that means kill anybody that's requiring medical assistance. Now, obviously, Doug, how many people can really embrace that 20 years ago, yet they're seeing it today? So let me share this, and I'll turn it right to you now, David. God is hardening the hearts of the world against the Christians. But don't lose track of Exodus 14.8. Israel went out with a high hand, and will go out with a hand of a high redeemer. Go ahead, David. Hey, Amen. You know, 25 years ago, a quarter of a century ago, George Herbert Walker Bush pronounced the New World Order. It, it demonstrates the subtlety and the process like leaven. You don't see it. You don't really don't hear it at all. But it is working in the dough and doing what it was intended to do. 25 years ago, we heard that first phraseology, the New World Order. It's been reported Bush is going to vote for Hillary. John Kasich says he's a Christian. He's voting for Hillary. There's always been two factions in the world trying to lead. It always has been. It will always be like that till the end, till Christ returns. From Cain and Abel to the Sunnis, the Shiites, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Democrats, the Republicans... God and the devil, Christians and the world. It's, it's either left or right. It's either on or off. And what we are witnessing, as Steve so well alluded to, due to the hardness of hearts, everybody is going, and that's what the Lord told me would happen in January when my wife and I were fasting, would either become a goat or a sheep. The middle ground is over with. Folks, there is no mistaking about it at all. There's a train going to hell, and there's a train going to heaven. And you're on one of the two trains. There is no middle track. There are no three tracks on a railroad track. There are two. And the train is going in one direction. And you want to be in the direction in which God is going. And God is trying to reveal truth trying to make himself clear, trying to make himself vivid, but it's the devil that comes along and deceives. That, that was what he did to Eve in the garden. He deceived her, the serpent, Nahash in the Hebrew, shining one. He, he deceived her by his brightness, cunningness, and he made all these promises to her. Not only did she not get her promises, but she lost everything she had. When God cuts a man off, a man then falls into a state of delusion. It, it, you cannot listen to these people, you cannot watch these people and not believe in your heart that they are not delusional. Now, they don't see themselves as delusional, 
psychotic psychosis, but if you have the Spirit of God, you witness that. And we know that because Second Thessalonians 2, verse 11 to 12, Paul said, For this cause God shall send them strong delusion, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned, who believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. God is presenting the truth, but the question is, are you seeing it? Are you willing to embrace it? Or are you willing to believe a lie? Because there's 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 one or two objects, truth or a lie. You you will embrace one of them. You will embrace one of them, and that will determine your destiny, your failure, or either your success. Matthew six twenty four. You know, I tell people it's cut and dry. They don't like it because I am that pointed and that clear cut. But if you don't love God, then you hate God. Now, some of you listening tonight may not be living the way you ought to live, but I can already sense in your heart, your mind, well, I know I don't love God like I should, but I surely don't hate God. Now, I just don't hate God, Pastor. Don't put those words in my mouth. I'm not. God is the one that said that. Matthew six twenty four. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other. Else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You see, we want to work both sides of the street. And we can't do that. Proverbs 14 and 12. There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. It may seem right in your eyes and in the natural. That's why I said earlier, you've got to look at this through the lens of God's Word and the Holy Spirit. Because if you don't, your vision will be skewed, your vision will be blurred. We all, all of those of you tonight that are washed in the blood, redeemed by His shed blood, you look at the world and you ask yourself every day, just like I do, how is it that people can be this far off? How can they be this misled? How can they be this greatly deceived? Steve just shared with you how. The hardness of their hearts. The blindness of their hearts. I look at them, you look at them, we listen to them, we, we watch them, and we, we're like, how in the world can it be this different. How in the world can they see it that way? It's because the God that they're serving. Joshua twenty four fifteen. Choose you this day whom you shall serve, but for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're, we're making choices right now. People are making choices right now. My, my, my hope is completely fixed in Jesus. I've quoted this verse thousands of times, Revelation seventeen seventeen. for God hath put it in their hearts to fulfill his will. The other day when Jonathan Carl, the ABC News reporter, said to Obama, Donald Trump finally admitted you were an American. And I watched as Obama gave him a pass. I've got more important things to talk about. I know where I was born. Instead of lambasting Donald Trump, he gave him a pass. Now, in the natural, you would think 
that would be a great opportunity to lambast Donald Trump and to exalt Hillary Clinton to no end. But you see, as I watched that, I thought, Lord, you shut up, you closed up his mouth. It's like it didn't even mean anything to him. I'm telling you, when people say things, when they act certain ways, there's a reason behind this. Steve and I, about two weeks ago, were having a telephone conversation, and we prayed together on the telephone. And when we hung up, a particular passage of Scripture came to my mind. Doug, what time is the bottom of the hour break? Uh, 26, 26, 26 after. after. We, yeah, we got about uh, five minutes. Okay. And something struck me profusely about the demoniac at the gatherings in Mark chapter 5, verse 13. And forthwith, Jesus gave them the demons leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And that jumped out at me, choked in the sea, and I looked up the word choked in the Greek. It means to throttle someone back, or it means to take someone literally by the throat and throttle them down, and the last meaning was to drown. But I thought it was ironic that the phraseology here, and were choked in the sea. And it's like every so often we see this demon as it is manifest in Jezebel and has these coughing fits. Now, of course, she says it's allergies. Well, anybody, and I've had allergies before, especially this time of year with ragweed, Runny eyes, itchy eyes, watery, runny nose, congestion. Do you see any of that? I just see hacking and coughing and something going on. Let me tell you something. Demons lie dormant. Demons lie subtle. God can stoke them. God can provoke them. They can be manifest. I know I've cast out demons. Puking, vomiting, spitting pulling their hair, multiple voices. You watch what's going on. I, I sense untold demonic activity. I believe Jezebel has satanic protection. I do. I was teaching the other day, and, and I got a revelation, how Satan can kill, steal, and destroy, but you've never witnessed anywhere he ever raised anybody from the dead, and it hit me when I said it. I understood why. Because Jesus said in John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. You cannot, as Lucifer, imitate Jesus because he is the resurrection. He's not a resurrection. He is the resurrection. That's why Satan has no power to raise people from the dead. He can kill them. The thief come not but for to steal, to kill, and destroy. But he cannot raise. If he could do that, he would be unbelievably powerful. But he can't do that. But I believe we are witnessing demonic activity right now. And this is going to grow exponentially. We're witnessing right now the in the state of Massachusetts how they're going to have these Satan clubs, satanic clubs in elementary schools. Why? They're trying to get children 
under demonic activity and power. This has always been Satan's desire, was to be worshipped, and he will get an element of that before Christ returns, because the 13th chapter of the book of Revelation tells us plainly that uh, and they worship the dragon which gave power unto the beast or the Antichrist, and they worship the beast, saying, who is like unto the beast, who is able to make war with him? So he's going to get a measure of what he's wanted from the beginning. He covets worship. He told Jesus, I'll give you all these kingdoms of the world if you will fall down and you will worship me. So this is coming. And this is why it's important to be discerning and to watch. Sometimes we need to do a whole lot more watching. Jesus said, watch and pray. He didn't say about talk, talk, talk. He said, watch and pray. And we should be watching and praying, talking to God to keep our eyes abreast of what's taking place and how subtly it's taking place in the earth. Doug, I'm going to give it back to you, sir. All right. And, and Pastor, uh, watching and praying does not preclude or exempt one from acting either. Uh, we, we have to be uh, proactive, spread the word, and prepare ourselves. Amen. And pre- help. Yeah, you know, it's it's amazing how we see the um, a, lot, a lot of, many of the Christian body just kind of taking a passive approach to things, preferring instead to just uh, do nothing as opposed to, you know, really going out and occupying, I suppose, is the correct phrase. Is that uh, that's, that's, that's Luke nineteen thirteen. Occupy till I come. That's, that was the very words of Christ. We've got to occupy. We've got to work. That's right. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, wow, right on the money, folks. Uh, Pastor David Langford. And if you really want an education in the Book of Revelation, Revelation thirteen revealed by Pastor David Langford at thevoiceofevangelism dot com. That's uh, that book is always close by me. And that's uh, thevoiceofevangelism.com. That's Pastor David Langford's site, the, his book, the uh, Revelation 13 Revealed. Great book. Uh, uh, Steve Quayle as well, stevequayle.com. And, folks, don't forget, he's got the True Legends series. True Legends series. Look that up. Uh, that's really a great overview, uh, well, a great detailed uh, overview of what we're seeing come to pass here in the present day. Folks, uh, th- thank you so much for listening to the Hagman Hagman Report. The HagmanReport.com, that's our website, Hagman and Hagman for the show. Stay right where you're at, remember, right back. Satan's waging war against the saints or the people of God, the followers of Jesus Christ. And you know, this has been, this has been predicted, prophesized, I should say, prophesized in the Bible. It appears in the book of Revelation as we open the newspaper and watch the headlines and see the current events that, that taking a dark turn, folks. You know, we have to understand a war is being waged while the visible, uh, in the physical realm, is deeply rooted in the spiritual answers and insight into events taking place across the world exist not just in the physical, however, but moreover in the spiritual. You know, Steve Quayle and Pastor Langford have been doing this a long time, and here we are at this uh, this time in our history, and events are coming to pass. And many people, they're not comprehending this because they're not rooted in the word or they're they're missing the signs because or, or 
actually being deluded because they've hardened their hearts and of course, uh, spoken by uh, Pastor Langford. Pastor Langford's website, thevoiceofevangelism.com. Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Steve, I'm going to bounce it over to you. Take it, brother. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to give you a real-world, uh, uh, how should I say, intel briefing from this afternoon. Doug, you'll appreciate this. David, you know, uh, always announcing their presence. I was talking to one of our historian, former uh, museum curators who's uh, responsible for setting up uh, different interviews around the country. And while I was talking to him on the phone, I'm talking about True Legends of Series, our DVD, uh, all of a sudden, Doug, we got bounced off satellites. There was a certain word I mentioned, which I won't put out on the air because it, it, it just said, I mean, it wasn't a swear word or anything, but a certain uh, uh, place, uh, the name of a place. And all of a sudden, he started getting echoes, I started getting echoes, and an echo happens when you're going from normally a land-based intercept to a satellite-based intercept. And because of the nature of Two Legends of Series, the DVD, The Unholy Sea, we're taking it, we're stepping it up a level. So I'm really asking people to keep us covered in prayer, that we'll only go where the Lord wants us to go, that we'll only interview the people He wants us to interview. But this is a big deal, Doug. I mean, all I can say is this. If people are familiar with Pandora's box, it's God who's going to open uh, the lid, that's a good one, or blow the lid off of some of the greatest cover-ups in history. And it's going to be done prior to the invasion of Earth. David's talking about demons. Well, I'm talking about stuff that basically will make people skin crawl. And I maintain, uh, you know, I went to college for a film and television degree, got one in still photography and motion picture production, but I had to watch endless hours or hundreds of hours of early movies, early TV programs, and I'm telling you, the subconscious and the psyche of the world is being prepared for the alien slash fallen angel lie that's getting ready to be uh, hoisted upon us. So if those of you who are familiar with True Legends, the series, the DVDs, I mean, they're they're changing people's lives all over the world. We put it on Vimeo, so people didn't have to wait, Doug and and David, to get it, you know, down. They didn't have to wait for it to show up four weeks later or not show up at all. They can go and watch it on uh, Vimeo. TrueLegendsTheSeries.com is a website. But every time, Doug, it's fascinating. Every time we get to a certain point, you'll appreciate this as an investigator. Uh, you can tell when you're on the right track because of the uh, focused flack, okay? And I kind of laughed and I told my friend, uh, I said, uh, Michael, I said, you're hearing what I'm hearing. You know what that means. And before, I, and he would admit this, he was a little naive. Let's just say this, David. My friend, the uh, former museum, museum curator, had a, a moment of reality and reality check. So we're going into some really uh, uh, strange areas. I'll use that word, strange, but important areas. And again, you know, I pray for people that are listening to this program. And my prayer for everyone listening to this program, seriously, no matter where they're out in the world, is that you'll always be at the right place at the right time, never the wrong place at the wrong Long time, and that God will make you invisible to all your enemies. So, for those of you that want to get involved, TrueLegendsTheSeries.com is our website, or you can go to my website, Steve 
Israel.com, and I'm telling you, Doug, it's so amazing. I, I was just listening to you reading off the different countries where people are listening in. I don't know how somebody, uh, you know, uh, sometimes they get these DVDs sent to them by people. There are DVDs floating around in places that I, I honestly don't think there are any highways, roads, or anything to, especially some of the places in the Australian outback or in South America. Or even I had a, an email from a brother in Poland thanking uh, uh, those of you who read my website for praying because the Poles know there's going to be a world war. But here's what I want to share with you. You know, in order to destroy the uh, foundation of this country, the first thing that had to go was the first thing that God created and put into effect in the Garden of Eden. That was Adam and Eve. Yes, they sinned. Yes, he would provide a redeemer. But still, the American family is disintegrating. Unfortunately, I think uh, those who want to determine, and I will use a very tasteful language here, they want to change every form of human being into another definition as far away from human beings as possible. On the front of Drudge, three parents now being able, or three different seed lines. By the way, that's a xenogenetic line, xenogenesis, adding a third set of DNA. And while everybody's clapping, oh, great, this means that, you know, homosexuals can have children and, and uh, lesbians can have children. They don't, they don't get it. What this whole thing is designed to do is to allow the third strain, if you will, the Andromeda strain, or more correctly, the Pleiadian strain of alien, meaning not illegal aliens, but aliens, demonic and fallen angels, to once again insert themselves into the human race. So, ladies and gentlemen, when you uh, support us with True Legends, buying the DVDs, give them out. I've actually had people buy a hundred out of time to give out. And interestingly, Doug, you know, uh, a lot of the, I would call traditional Catholics are starting to see now the war that I've spoken about for 20 years coming into their, if you will, fellowships worldwide. And again, I'm trying to tell people ahead of time, but I want to get back on track. So, ladies and gentlemen, please be praying for us. And what's interesting is uh, we will be starting in the, I think, what, two weeks from now, and we start on the day that literally, literally uh, means numerically preservation in the midst of judgment. I didn't plan it. That's the way it came out. And I finally, you know, at 3 o'clock in the morning or something, it dawned on me, wow, up until that date, nothing was open. Up until that date, no one could meet with us. After that date, everything was open. Everything opened up, and it was on the number of the day where preservation in the midst of judgment. Now, what David and I have been talking about tonight is critical. And I want to share something with you, because you're seeing it in the headlines. You're watching it in the people that are, are fraudulent. By the way, is it anybody's uh, uh, guess now of Huma Abedin's father was a radical Muslim who was talking about Sharia law? Is it any wonder that Hillary and she have such an unusual relationship? Is it any wonder that no one will link the word terrorism with Islamic? Is it any wonder that we have literally hundreds of thousands of Muslims coming into this country and yet the of Christians allowed to come into this country is what, two one hundredths of a percent or something? So I want to take everybody to Isaiah 66. When David and I were on Jim Baker's, David uh, was it what, two, I don't know, was it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it was, uh, the 
thing that God had spoken in my heart about, ladies and gentlemen, is Isaiah and the year that King Uzziah, Uzziah, some people pronounce it Uzziah, but Uzziah died, he saw the Lord, and the Lord was high and lifted up, and his train, his presence filled the temple, and the angels cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the thing is, is that what's important in this thing is, is understanding this, and boy, Jesus, help me get this through. God blessed us all with a wonderful country. He gave us all such an amazing opportunity to, to stand for righteousness. He gave us a wonderful opportunity to be the hallmark of what a family should be, of to be grateful. And our country started out with gratefulness, and believe me, whether the, uh, the atheists, the agnostics, the Satanists, the Luciferians, the Illuminati, they can do everything they do to try and slam the Puritans and the pilgrims, but they knew how to make a covenant with God. Now I want to give you Isaiah 66, 1 through 6. Thus saith the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things hath my hand made, and all those things have been, saith the Lord. But to this man will I sh look, excuse me, will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. That just simply means to the unprideful. He that killeth an ox as if he slew a man. He that sacrifices a lamb as if he cut off a dog's neck. He that offers an oblation as if he offered swine's blood. He that burns incest as if he blessed an idol. Yea, they have chosen their own ways, and their souls delighteth in the abominations, and in their, excuse me, abominations. You ever heard about the Bohemian Grove? You ever heard about where America's uh, uh, lead finan financiers, industrialists, bankers, and politicians Go. I won't go into the gross details of what they sit in, but let me just say this. It's definitely stacked higher in transit. I will also choose their delusions. Now listen to this. I, God, God speaking, will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them. Because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes, and they chose that in which I delighted not. Hear the word of the Lord, ye that tremble at his word. Your brethren that hated you, that cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, but he shall appear to your joy, and they shall be ashamed. I said there were two wars coming, and the two wars are within the household of faith, meaning Christians, denominations, what is a biblical Christian versus a historic Christian, what's the difference between they who call themselves Christians versus they who live it, what's the difference between those that think going to church is like a mouse going into a cut cookie jar and billing itself out as a chocolate chip or a ginger snap. A voice of noise from the city, the sixth verse, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that renders recompense to his enemies. That's Isaiah 66. 6. That's God's answer to the devil's 666. A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that renders recompense to his enemies. I put on my photo of the day the other day, I don't know if you saw it, Doug, it was a beautiful sunset with the rays coming up out of the top oh, of the yeah. clouds. Yeah. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. I want everybody worldwide, I want you to pray as you pray, but let incorporate that in. Agree, symphonize in prayer. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. Because then the scripture goes on to say, doesn't it, David? Then God arose and his enemies were scattered. Go ahead. 
Amen. That's that's the key. God is going to arise. That 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 is what is great in the midst of all of this adversity is is that God is going to arise. I want to go back to Isaiah forty five, uh, where we began originally tonight, verse one. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed to Cyrus. Cyrus was not a righteous king. He was not an anointed king in the sense of the anointing of the Holy Ghost. He was a chosen king, whose right hand have I holden, or whose right hand I have strengthened, to subdue nations before him. I will loose the loins of kings, to open before him the two leavened gates, and the gates shall not be shut. These are the sluice gates, as the river Euphrates run through the center of Babylon. God gave him this power, and for a better lack of terms, he didn't even have to fire a shot to take over Babylon. They came in underneath, they, they diverted the water, the sluice gates were open, the water went down, they came in, came up under the gate, and came up in the middle of Babylon. Just that easily, God allowed that to happen, and they took over. I will go before thee and make the crooked path straight. I will break in pieces the gates of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give thee the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places that thou mayest know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name, am the God of Israel. When I was reading that some time ago, what would it happen in this nation if a just man got in the White House and could see all of the ungodly, lying, cheating, conniving, thieving stuff that took place, would God put a righteous man in there? In the sense of righteous, I don't mean redeemed. I mean doing the right thing, and God would give the treasures of darkness. You see, I firmly believe the reason Obama wants Jezebel in the White House is to help keep all the stuff covered up. Because if any of us godly people were to have the opportunity to, to go in and see all of the things that are going on, we would be shocked beyond anything we've ever seen or witnessed. We, 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 we could not fathom the corruptness, the plunder, the pillage, the the debasedness, the debauchery that is in our leadership. And and God says, I will give thee the treasures of darkness and the hidden riches of secret places. Why does God say, I'm going to do this to Cyrus? That you will know that I, the Lord, which call thee by thy name. He called his name between 150 and 200 years before he was born. He called his name. Now, I think there were five or six times God called men by their name hundreds of years before they were born because God knows the end from the beginning. And he says, you'll know that I'm the God of Israel. For Jacob or Israel, my servant's sake, and Israel, mine elect, I have called thee by thy name. I have surnamed thee though thou hast not known me. God named the man. 
He gave him his name before the man was ever born. It's like Jeremiah 1 and 5. He said, before I formed you in your mother's belly, I knew you. Nope, nobody but God can reach that far into the future and decree a thing, and it come to pass just like God said it would come to pass. The truth is, there was no living person that heard this prophecy alive when it came to fruition. But the, the record of, of Ezra, Nehemiah, Isaiah, Jer, Jeremiah, these, the records were there to authenticate, to validate that what God had said was coming to pass. And then he says in verse 5, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. God makes it clear. I'm not Donald Trump's judge. I don't know if he's a Christian or not a Christian. That's not my place. But the point is, God says to Cyrus, I girded thee. In other words, I am the one that strengthened your loins, gave you this power, gave you this authority. You don't even know me. You don't even know me as Lord, Savior, Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. You, you, you have no clue who I am. That's the power and majesty of God, to be able to do a thing in this way. That they... Now you see God starts talking to the world. That they may know. This is the entirety of the world. That they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west, there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form the light, create darkness, I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. It is God who created the light, Genesis 1, created the darkness and separated the light from the darkness, called the light day, the darkness he called night. He makes peace and he creates evil. Now, most people have not really fully understood that phrase, create evil. Why would God create evil? God did not create evil in the sense that we term it. Evil is the results of sin. It's like being an alcoholic, and then you get cirrhosis of the liver, and you say, God did this to me. No. The sin brought about the evil in your body. The tree in the garden was called the tree of good and of evil, not the tree of good and of sin. The point was, if you live godly, you live righteously, Adam and Eve, all you will ever know is my goodness. You sin against me, all you will ever then know is evil. Pain, toil, suffering, multiplied her labor, her conception, Adam will now till the soil by the sweat of his brow, etc., etc. So the evil is the results of the wickedness. When we see the pain, the suffering, the emaciated bodies in certain countries, we see AIDS, HIV, all of these things. This is, this is the evil. This is the evil. So there are 68 verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28. Fourteen verses address blessings. Fifty-four verses address curses which is almost a four-to-one ratio. The point is, 
if people will just live right. And, and I must admit, it's not really hard to live right once you make up your mind. It's hard to live right when you're not committed. It's hard to live right when you're straddling the fence. Get off the fence, get on one side or the other, and you won't get hurt physically, especially if you're a man. That makes sense to some of you. It's just that simple. And so it is in this world. If we live right, God has just promised to bless us. But if we live wrong, he gives 54 verses of evil that would come upon a nation that spurns him, rejects him, and castigates him. And we wonder why that our nation is in the shape it's in. And and and, and, and they're telling us, the United Nations, uh, Jezebel, they're, they're, they want the guns. They, they want to take this. They, they want to put Supreme Court justices on there that will agree that only a uh, government foreign militia has the right to bear arms. History repeats itself, folks. And I don't know how long God will tarry. Only God knows the appointed time when the Father will send the Son back to the earth. But Donald Trump has said he would he would he would uh, appoint Supreme Court justices that would overturn Roe versus Wade. The point is, how many generations? is this next election, how many generations will be affected by it? And Proverbs 29, 2 says, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. And, and, and as I said earlier, as we sit here and we watch this nation, we are totally mesmerized in how we see things so differently I mean here's what here's what's impressing my heart right now and uh, someone emailed me today and, and, and wanted me to mention this I see the pendulum beginning to swing with our young people back toward conservatism I see a faction of young people who are determined to live right to keep their virginity, to keep their chastity, to tell the truth, and and stay away from evil. Then I see another faction that's, let's raise hell and let's party. Forget it. Because God is going to have a church. God's going to have a people. But I, as a, as a minister, I've got four children. My youngest one lives with me here at the house and works for me. But I watch... The guys he brings over, they're all in their late teens and early 20s. And, and I listen to them talk, and they're, they're fed up with the, the liberalism. See, that gives me hope, because the people of God that pray and fast and stand on the Word of God and sow the good seed, you're going to reap a good harvest. You reap what you sow. That's why the Bible said in Galatians 6-7, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to his spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. This nation is going to reap all this carnage that we have sown. But those who have sown to the spirit are going to reap life everlasting. 
And we're going to see a move of God, I believe, in our young people, because I'm witnessing a faction of young people. I know Madonna and uh, Katy Perry pose nude for Hillary. But then I see those who will stand for what's right. So we're witnessing a, it's a spiritual thing, folks. It's, it's more spiritual than it is physical. Because when you die, you don't cease to exist. I, I thought about Jezebel, you know, the propensity. She has Parkinson's disease. If she has Parkinson's disease, and if she does not repent and get right with God, she will have Parkinson's disease for all eternity. God showed me that will be one of the torments and people's lives because they don't get a new body. They keep the same old diseased body. Now, they won't have a physical body, but they have a spiritual body. But the rich man in Luke 16 had all of his five senses. Smell, touch, taste, feel, see. All of it. It was there. He had every bit of his faculties. He was tormented in those flames. And I, I believe God showed me about eight or nine years ago that if you die with Parkinson's disease, you will have Parkinson's disease aberrations, anomalies in your spirit. You, you never get away from it. In other words, if there's a shaking there, you'll be like that for eternity. Because you don't get a new body. The, the, the redeemed, Paul said, this mortal will put on immortality. This corruptible will put on incorruption. Amen. Amen. And, and, but, and that's the greatness of, uh, of, of saying, hey, I'm going to fight the good fight of faith. Amen. Pastor Langford and Steve Quayle coming to you live tonight. The line between good and evil becoming even deeper. Folks, we're going to be right back. Stay right where you're at. Uh, celebrities stripping for Hillary. Where is that? You know, it seems like we've lost our dignity. We, we've lost our way. We've lost. We've lost a lot. On the other hand, we have uh, more people taking up the uh, the mantle, the, the spreading the word, and uh, paying attention to what the Bible has said. So, the the the, the divide is widening, folks. We need to be prepared. We really do. We're so blessed to have Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com. And while you're there looking at his newly revised website there, of course, it's, it's been a while, but it's, uh, it's really sharp. Um, check out Revelation 13 revealed and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. True legends of this series. Boy, oh boy, that's causing a lot of talk and, you know, among the people. And, uh, it gives you a good insight into where we're at today, why we're at where we're at today. Steve, let me kick it over to you, sir. Take it away. Well, I, I want, David touched on something, and I want everybody to understand this. When God shows you something in the future, the hardest thing for people to really realize is the point that David's made, that I think that has to be made, and only the Holy Spirit can bring people. Now, I know people use the term Holy Spirit, kind of they throw it around like a, a magical force. I'm talking about the 
third person of the Godhead, the literal spirit of God that uh, brooded over the water when God said, let there be light. I'm talking about uh, about a, a personality. Uh, I'm talking about he who can be blessed or he can be grieved. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to address the, the Katy Perry Madonna thing, okay? I would only say this. Look at the spirit. Now, obviously, most people know that Katy Perry is a openly professing Satanist. Obviously, everybody knows that Madonna is a Kabbalist, which is Jewish mysticism with everything else she's thrown in. The fact that they're taking off their clothes, can I say something? There is the uh, literal fulfillment of the word, they stand naked before God. It doesn't matter if you put, you know, the most expensive suit or the most expensive, I guess for ladies they call them outfits or whatever, you know, dresses on. The point being is that underneath they are exactly that. Why would they dress that way for Hillary? I won't give you the answer, but it's so blatantly obvious. It's so blatantly obvious when when Hillary's eyes couldn't leave Christina Aguilera's uh, upper torso. How's that for being uh, uh, trying to be tactful? The point being, ladies and gentlemen, is the American family has come under attack in such ways, and, and I've heard this even, David, from some older Christians, that, well, I won't have to face it, my kids, oh, I, I pray for the world that my kids are entering into. I say, don't pray for it. Stand up and be accounted and change it so you can do one or if you can do one thing or a hundred things, but just don't take that attitude. That attitude drives me crazy. But David and, and Doug, the thing is, is that we've got to get through people's, I guess you'd say, spirit. We have to get to their spirit, but we've got to get through all of the cultural garbage. Number one, I'm going to throw this out and I'll ask you both. What percentage of Christendom, professing Christendom, even believes that God is just to judge this land? David? Percentage? I, I'd say probably 10% or less. Okay. Doug? Yeah, that sounds about right. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll go with that. Okay, and I'm sorry you guys, but I'm I'm going to say 1%, okay? Because the thing is, is that there is no, uh, how should I say this, there is no conviction coming outside of an individual basis, and obviously we pray that the anointing of God is upon us to, to basically allow the Word of God to go and fulfill it. But look, here's the thing. We're watching right now a nation under judgment, and I believe that, uh, you know, Donald Trump is God's prosecuting attorney. Now, will God give us some space? I, uh, Pastor Langford, you and I have talked about this so many times that God's people are not prepared for what's coming. Neither am I. Okay? And when I say prepared, I'm talking about not just the, the physical preparation, but, but to really embrace in the power of the Holy Ghost, the onslaught of the power our hell. That's what I mean by not ready. So I want to read 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 16. I'm going to turn it over to you, David, because this is an important passage. But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the hearts of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. 
But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Holy Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we are, excuse me, now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You touched a little bit upon this, David, last time we were on the air. It is right to discern. Discerning of spirits is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And we're told that he that is spiritual judges. That word doesn't mean sentence. It means discern. Discernment means to determine the spirit behind an action, a word, or a thought. So, when God said he looked down on the earth and behold, all their thoughts were evil, was it tough for God to basically uh, tell us in his word that where the evil thought is, the action will follow. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of people with bumper stickers on their car, quoting Charlton Heston. I'll surrender my gun when they try my cold, uh, what, dead finger off it or whatever. But you don't understand what's coming against you. In the natural, in the natural, you don't understand, but God can reveal it. That's why God is giving dreams. The United Nations troops here in the United States now are in the hundreds of thousands, all of the uh, clucks that have clucked away over all the years, where would they hide that many troops? You're totally unaware of all the underground military bases, the deep underground military bases that are connected by high-speed levitation tunnels that have been in place since the late 50s, or even the fact that the Cold War bases that George Bush Sr. turned over, uh, you know, closed down. That was turned over to NATO slash United Nations. So let me share this. People want to have... I hear it all the time. I'm sure you do too, Pastor. Well, can't we just come into unity and kind of love each other? No. What fellowship has light with darkness? Uh, can't we just reach out to the 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 um, uh, community this or the community that you know? Either the the and and show them the love of Jesus. You show them the love of Jesus by sharing Jesus, not by saying you know you just live with your sin and you're okay because we don't want to condemn you. Since when? did the words, friendship with the world uh, is enmity with God, lose its power. Oh, I have an answer for that. When the church lost its ability to embrace the power of God or even to reflect on how they got their name as Christians. I've, I've told this story, I want to tell it one more time. A man who used to be my friend, used to be, for 
for 20 years. We got into an argument in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. You've been there with me, David. In a restaurant, my wife said I do not chose, choose the points of, uh, of let's say, serious uh, conversation correctly. I said he didn't. I, I didn't start it. He did. But we were talking about our brethren, Christian, okay? Kenneth Hagen, graduate. Christian, who said, well, you know there have always been martyrs, kind of brushed it off. At that point, I said, you're totally disengaged from reality, and needless to say, it went downhill from there. Now, why will I share that? Because it is uh, uh, illustrative or illustrative, illustrative of the point that I'm trying to make tonight. We have sat smugly, silently in Christendom. And, and I had a guy, no, I won't go there. Uh, we, we have sat silently and, and done nothing. You know, I remember when Randall Terry was with, what, Operation Rescue or Operation Blessing? I forget which one it was. Maybe Operation Rescue. Right. I remember how many times we did interviews and, and tried to get people to rise up. I remember Mike McQuitty, one of his last statements on my TV, uh, TV radio show before he, he and his wife both died in a car wreck, is God said, I'm holding out my hand forgiveness if you will not receive and repent my hand of mercy and forgiveness then your land will undergo an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth and Mike said Steve I saw over 70 million people uh, being slaughtered I don't know the circumstances you remember that broadcast David yeah so here's where we're at. They who are spiritual discern all things. I, I, it's too, it, we don't have enough time, but here's the thing. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, you must, I must, we must all get to the point where Jesus was saying, Lord, we're tired of, of having, having the brethren slaughtered. We don't, we stand against the plans they have to destroy us. Because tonight, David, everybody who's hearing this program, you and I, are put in the place of Queen Esther, and they must go before the king, King Jesus, who's already held out his scepter and intercede for our brother, our sisters, our, 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 our friends, our relatives, and our children, because the slaughter that's planned, look, these are crazy, um, I can't use that word, these are crazy people, and they're already on record, all of the ones who are in the highest uh, positions of uh, authority in the land are already on record in the 70s as being trained under Saul Alinsky, both Hillary Clinton, Obama, John, uh, Jeremiah Wright, who hates uh, uh, white Christians, and now the race war is, is in force. And so the thing is, is that the only thing that will stand this down, in my opinion, individually, even community-wise, but not for the nation, is the time that God gives us to come to our senses before the hammer falls. Go ahead, David. You know, this is why we're we're all at a, a, a place of decision. Uh, it's it's like a moment of decision. I want to share from First Samuel 11. Uh, I'm going to read about five or six verses there. But First Samuel chapter 11. Then Nahash the Ammonite came up and encamped against Jabesh Gilead, and all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant with us and we will serve thee. And Nahash the Ammonite answered them, O oh, this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out your right eyes and lay it for a reproach upon all Israel. And the elders of Jabesh said unto him, Give us seven days' respite, that we may send messengers 
unto all the coast of Israel. And then if there be no man to save us, we will come out to thee. Then came the messengers to Gibeah of Saul and told the tidings in the ears of the people. And all the people lifted up their voices and wept. And behold, Saul came after the herd out of the field. And Saul said, What aileth the people that they weep? And they told him the tidings of the men of Jabesh. And the Spirit of God came upon Saul, and he heard those tidings, and his anger was kindled greatly. And he took a yoke of oxen, and hewed them in pieces, and sent them throughout all the coast of Israel by the hands of messengers, saying, Whosoever cometh not forth after Saul and after Samuel, so shall it be done unto his oxen. And the fear of the Lord fell on the people, and they came out with one consent. Nahash, the Ammonite. Nahash, his name literally means serpent. And so the Ammonite, Nahash, came and camped against Jabesh Gilead. And all the men of Jabesh said unto Nahash, Make a covenant. Let's come to an agreement here. And we will serve thee. Satan always seeks some kind of a compromise. Because whatever you compromise to gain, in the end, you ultimately lose it. Nahash, as I said, his name means serpent, a type of the devil, answered them and said, On this condition will I make a covenant with you, that I may thrust out your right eyes and lay it for a reproach upon all Israel. Now, Satan, without doubt, God said in Genesis 3, 1, and the serpent was more subtle than all the beasts of the field. His beauty, his wisdom, Ezekiel said, corrupted him. Ezekiel 28, 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. God did not refute Lucifer's wisdom and how great it was. He said, but it has now become corrupted. James 3 talks about wisdom, the good kind of wisdom, and he talks about the bad kind of wisdom. And the bad kind of wisdom is what we're witnessing in the earth right now. James thirteen three. Who is a wise man and a dupe of knowledge among you? Let him show out a, a good conversation or lifestyle, his works with meekness of wisdom. But if ye have bitter, envying, and strife in your hearts, glory not, and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. Are we we're not witnessing that in America right now? But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy, and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. So God's wisdom is pure, it's peaceable, it is gentle, it's easy to be entreated or to be embraced, 
full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, and without hypocrisy. Nahash represents the devil. His wisdom is corrupted. And so he says to Israel, okay, I'll make a deal with you. I'll go in covenant with you, but you've got to thrust out your right eyes. Why? Well, see, his wisdom was corrupted. His wisdom was devilish because there was a reason for that. If I remember correctly, all left-handed men came from the tribe of Benjamin alone in the nation of Israel. Most people are right-handed. So I want you to visualize in your eyes' mind an Israeli soldier with a piece of leather on a shield. He takes his left arm, he slides it through that shield, maybe it has a cast-made handle, and he grips that handle like a car handle or door handle, and he holds that shield up on his left arm in battle. Then he wields his sword with his right hand. So Nahash wants them to put up their right eye. Why? For them to fight and to fight effectively, now they've got to let down their shield and look out with their left eye, and guess what? Now they have no protection, and they're vulnerable. And so Satan is trying to get us to compromise and to come in some type of covenant, and people that Steve Well said, just lay aside your differences. Let's, let's, just, let's just all put this stuff to the side, and let's just come together and forget all of this stuff. You know, if you're a sodomite, that's okay. You're queer, that's okay. You're a lesbian, that's okay. You know, you're an adulterer, that's okay. Well, we can't do that. Because that's how we become corrupted. And so, he knew what he was doing when he wanted them to forfeit their right eyes. They could not see with that right eye being bored out, so they would have to let down their shield with their left arm to see, to fight, and wield their sword with their right hand. And then, of course, they were totally vulnerable. And so the Spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard these tidings. And, of course, it says he, he slew or hewn into pieces, you know, two oxen and sent them out through the country of Israel, said, this is what's going to happen to you, your oxen, if you don't come forth to battle. You know, we are challenged tonight to step up, to step up. No man, no one man is the answer to this nation. We must be a godly nation. Psalms thirty-three, twelve: Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Proverbs 14, 34. Righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach or shame unto any people. It's a shame, this nation. These Katy Perry, Madonna, if you question their spirit, you have to understand they're demon-possessed. The man at the gatherings took his clothes off and he cut himself. But when Jesus got through with him, he was clothed and in his right mind. This is, this is the, 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 the final state of psychosis in mental institutions. People start running around naked taking their clothes off. You see, if you don't have spiritual eyes, this is what Nahash was saying in the natural. Let me, let me bore out your eyes. So you can't see the fight. Satan wants to blind you so that you cannot understand or see how to fight correctly. You know, Paul said in Second uh, Corinthians 4, 4, And whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, 
lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Spiritual blindness is the worst blindness of all. As I said earlier in the program, isn't it amazing that you and I, Steve, Doug, we look at the world and we say, how can these people be this far to the left? How can they see good? How can they see prosperity? How can they see blessing? How can they see justice in all of this? And and they can't. And we're sitting there like, how can you be this blind, ignorant, stupid, whatever you want to call it, it's because the God of this world hath blinded their minds. And this is why it's Rome, uh, Hebrews 10.31 says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Every one of us are in the hands of God. And I want to have the godly fear towards my Lord, and fear will keep you from doing certain things, even in the natural. If you have a, a fear of uh, heights, you won't go up that elevator, or you won't go up those stairs, or you won't go up in that helicopter. Well, if you've got a genuine fear of God about sin and iniquity, you just won't do it. You know, I, I've talked to people and, and asked them a flat-out question so they would tell me the truth and just flat-out lie to me. I'd ask them a question to see whether they would tell the truth and just tell me a, a bald-faced lie. How do you do that? You do that because something is wrong with your mind, and it's called your conscience. And as we witness evil and sin and wickedness, people's conscience, Paul said, we become seared as with a hot iron. The problem with a hot iron, and they did that in the old days when there was injuries and the, 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 the gangrene, pus, the mess, they would sear that, that injury with a hot iron, and it would burn out the ruin, the rot, the, the putrid mess. But the problem was, it killed the nerve endings, and there was no longer a sensation, a feeling there. That's what happens when the devil sticks a hot poker in your mind, in your conscience. Your conscience becomes seared. And the sensitivity of what's right, the sensitivity of what's wrong. I don't need nobody to tell me when I told a lie. I, I don't have any need for somebody to say, you just told, I know I told a lie if I told it. Why? I've got a good conscience. I know better than to take my clothes off and walk around naked. Why? I've got a conscience. You can see how unconscionable these people are. Why? Because they are totally given over to Satan. And they are what the Bible terms as a reprobate mind. Romans one twenty eight. even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge... God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Why do they get a reprobate mind? They don't like to retain God in their knowledge. Take God out of the school. Take God out of everything. Just, just obliterate God. Take Him out. Why? They don't want to retain God in their knowledge because God's knowledge, knowledge of God brings conviction. And that's where we are, folks. We better not make a covenant or be unequally yoked with unbelievers, because it will get us in the end. You've got to keep your heart pure, and you've got to keep your hands clean. Doug, I'm going to give it back to you. Well, thank you, Pastor. And, and you know, it just in line with that, uh, I just want to give my two cents here. I, I, I just see... Give us a quarter, uh, brother. 
<laughs> yeah. You know, as, as, as I look over the landscape and talk with people, and, and I'm sure Steve is in the same uh, position, you know, we, we talk with a lot of people on a daily basis, and I just see a lot of people really choosing sides, and, and the, the side for iniquity and, um, uh, uh, the, the anti-God side, I'll just call it that way, uh, that side, is becoming more obtuse every single day. That's just my, Observations. No, it's true. And it's a, and you know, it, it's even more than that. The, the, as I mentioned before, the divide is becoming greater. But there is this, um, it seems this, uh, this lack of restraint, this unrestraining, and, and people are really, uh, man, I see a civil war coming. I really do. I, and uh, I, I just got an email, uh, from someone who said, uh, that, uh, you know, anyone who votes for Trump and who claims to be a Christian, uh, is ridiculous. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, what's the alternative, you know? But, uh, Steve, go ahead. Uh, well, I want to answer that because the same person sent me the same, uh, you know, uh, ignorant burrow response. How's that for being a little bit more tactful? An go. ignorant burrow, okay? First of all, these people can't see the fight that's going on. They can't understand that the person running for president who happens to be a, you know, whatever, a female, question mark. I believe, you know, I believe that so many of these people you see that you think are human are not. I think they're, by the way, fallen angels can take on the form of women. The point being is is that I think what what that person indicates is a gross misunderstanding of how late it is in the hour. But I would also bet she, if it is a she, uh, or he, if it's the same one, is it a she, Doug? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, hold that thought. Uh, my bad. I, uh, we're up against the break. Stay right where you're okay, at. We'll pick this up. I want to that up after the okay. break. Will do. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to our final segment, the Hagman and Hagman Report. So pleased to have... Pastor David Langford, the voice of evangelism.com, and Steve Quayle from stevequayle.com. Um, brothers in arms, brothers in Christ, brothers for sure. Uh, wisdom, the wisdom that they're imparting is just beyond belief. Before we get back to him, I just want to uh, say thank you so much to Alan Riggs, who appeared last night, greenovative.com. Uh, go to hagmanreport.com, click on the link to Greenovative. It's a small company in Florida. They created the GMAG power cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to the unit. My goodness, what a great device. And uh, I- I'll tell you something, I've never seen anything like it. The response from our audience is great, so uh, keep it going. That's Greenovative, the GMAG, Super GMAG charger. You got batteries, you need recharged. My batteries need recharged. All you need is salt water. That's Green Greenovative. Uh, off of HagmanReport.com. But Steve, we were talking right before the break about Donald Trump and about this, 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 uh, accusation that a, a Christian votes for Trump. Boy, oh my goodness, that's horrible, you know. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, and, and, and usually that's by, and I want to say this to that person, doesn't matter, and every person, this isn't a political statement that we are making. 
This is a statement defining the war. And if someone says that, then I assume, okay, my first question is, did you vote for Obama? And for the record, I was not a George Bush fan, one or two. So the point that I'm trying to make tonight really simply is this. A statement like that indicates gross ignorance. It indicates no spirituality. I had a lady one that sent me an email. I don't know if it's the same one, Doug. But she said, I have lost all my respect for you because you uh, stand for Donald Trump. Yes, I, that, I, I stand with him when he's right. I don't put any caveats. I 100% support him. Why do you think, uh, I better go softer, why do you think, sir or madam, that they took Michael Savage off the air, WABC, one of the biggest, if not the biggest radio stations in the world yesterday, when he was talking about Hillary's health issues? You choose, ma'am or sir, to believe a lie. And I don't care, look, Balaam, the prophet, even a dumbass, meaning a burrow that was considered dumb, God gave that uh, donkey the ability to speak. Well, too many donkeys speak nowadays, Pastor David and Doug, with no uh, prompting from the living God. So there's a difference when God tells someone through supernatural means you're wrong. Here's the point. I, I want to go on record, Doug, so that uh, people have a really clear understanding. I will not change my position. God said before he allowed Russia and China to destroy the United States in a nuclear war, there would be a revealing of the leader's sins to the people. Next, I said, and the people's sins before their God. People, I believe that whether you consider the United States a daughter of Babylon or mystery Babylon, that we are becoming a habitation of devils. Satanic temples going up all over the country. Open, flagrant mocking of every single barrier, every uh, single uh, uh, boundary that the living God created and put into it uh, for for our safety and security. Now we drink water with so many pharmaceuticals, I'm surprised we don't look like something out of a horror movie, except by the grace of God. We eat food that's dead and dying, plastic polluted and disgusting. I'm surprised again, except for the grace of God, we're not all dead yet. We have chemtrail skies and people still, I talk to people, Doug, that, that still don't believe in that chemtrails exist. I can give them U.S. Oh. patents, 4686605, the Eastern patent, go forward, harp, blah, blah, blah. And, and Dane Wigington, you've had him on the show. I've interviewed him before. The bottom line is he lays it all out for you, but people don't believe. That's a problem, sir or ma'am, with your issue. You're looking at a man. You do not see the context of this country's destruction. You do not see the righteous judge of the whole earth laying it out before you. And if you, can I say something, Doug? I basically, now I'm on a roll, I basically started in the preparedness business almost 35, 40 years ago, whatever it was, okay, very early in my career. I'm 65. I've been doing this stuff for uh, two-thirds of my life, at least. And the thing that's amazing to me is, is that we're now watching 
posturing where everybody is getting ready to gang up on America and take it down. So the very, and, and it's already taken down from within. Imagine this, ladies and gentlemen, your representatives, your senators, and your elected officials are selling us out, have sold us out. You don't own anything. The money in the bank is collateralized with pledges to unseen and obscene bankers worldwide. You've got foreign governments that have been given uh, the right to come in and perfect their UCC liens. And by the way, Pastor Langford, now I'll turn it right over to you, David. Pastor Langford made the statement that God gave him two words a couple years ago. The first was what? Bondage, and the second was captivity? Right. Go ahead, David. I want to close with my portion tonight from what you just alluded to because I got a little revelation last week preaching on the radio about this matter of the jackass. Numbers 23, excuse me, Numbers 22, beginning at verse 21. Numbers 22, beginning at verse 21. And Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went with the prince of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angels of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon his ass, and his two servants were with him. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, his sword drawn in his hand, and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. And Balaam smote the ass to turn her into the way. But the angel of the Lord stood in a path of the vineyards, a wall being on this side and a wall on that side. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she thrust herself under the wall and crushed Balaam's foot against the wall, and he smote her again. And the angel of the Lord went further and stood in a narrow place where there was no way to turn either to the right hand or to the left. And when the ass saw the angel of the Lord, she fell down under Balaam. And Balaam's anger was kindled, and he smote the ass with a staff. And the Lord opened the mouth of the ass, and she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee, that thou hast smitten me these three times? And Balaam said unto the ass, Because thou hast mocked me. I would there were a sword in my hand, for now would I kill thee. And the ass said unto Balaam, Am not I thine ass? upon which thou hast ridden ever since I was thine unto this day? Was I ever wont to do so unto thee? And he said, Nay. Then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam, and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way, and his sword drawn in his hand, and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Wherefore hast thou smitten thine ass these three times? Behold, I went out to withstand thee, because thy way is perverse before me. And the ass saw me, and turned from me. These three times, unless she had turned from me, surely now also I had slain thee and saved her alive. I preached a message years ago. God will spare a donkey and slay the wicked. The other day while I was sharing this, I was caught up in the thought that here is Balaam having a literal verbal conversation with a jackass. I want you to picture this now. Here is an adult man, and because the jackass has the ability to see this angel, she finally crushes Balaam's foot against the sides of the 
mountain passage, the rockway there. And he is so livid, he takes a stick and just begins to beat her. And then finally, when she sees there's just nowhere to go, she just falls down. I mean, she just she just falls completely down and, of course, submits herself to the authority of the angelic cherub that was standing there, going to kill her and Balaam, but she had enough sense to stop. And, and here's this dialogue going on between a man and a jackass. And, and as I was sharing this, I made the statement, I don't understand how a man... I don't care who he is, how a man could sit there and talk to a jackass and carry on a literal verbal conversation and be so mean, so mad, so hateful. He said, if I had a sword, I'd kill you right now. I'm thinking, you know, if I'm out there in the pasture and my bull's giving me a hard time, and he starts talking to me, man, I am going to be freaked out. I'm sure not going to want to kill him. I'm like, I, I can't believe this is happening. And, I, and as I was expounding on this, I said, I don't understand how someone could do such a thing. And the Spirit quickened my heart to what Peter said in Second Peter 2 and 16 but was rebuked for his iniquity, the dumbass speaking with man's voice, forbade the madness of the prophet. And the Lord gave me the answer. The man had become a madman. You have to be, and that word mad there, or, or madness, is insanity or foolhardiness. That was the condition of Balaam. The emails you guys are getting shows you the madness, the insanity of these people. Because just like Balaam, he could not see the mystery for his carnality, but a jackass could see it. I want you to understand what I just said. Balaam was supposed to be a prophet of God forbade the madness of the prophet. You people, that, that right there discourages me to think you are a professing Christian and you make that kind of a statement. That discourages me because it shows me you still don't get it. You still cannot see the mystique. You cannot behold the mystery of God because of your insanity and your spiritual madness. And if a jackass was talking to you, you would not only argue with it, you would kill it. And you would say, I know I'm doing the right thing in killing this talking jackass. I just said a few minutes ago, and quoted Hebrews 10:31. it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now you say, oh man, if a jackass started talking to me, I would not kill it. You wouldn't? Jesus said you would. Jesus said in John 16, 1 and 2, These things have I spoken unto you, that ye should not be offended. They shall put you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. 
there will be people who believe they are Christians and going to kill the true Christians and say, I just did God's service. You know why they're going to do it? They're insane. They are insane. They are mad. They cannot witness. They cannot see the mystery, the deep things of God. I'm amazed tonight that we have given a plethora of scriptures, and there are those who still walk in blindness. I gave you 2 Corinthians 4, 4, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ should shine unto them. You can't see. You just can't see, can you? Balaam couldn't see, but the jackass could. And God said, I would have killed you, Balaam, and saved that donkey. Folks, if that's not carnally minded, somebody explain to me carnality. Romans 8, 5, they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. They that are after the spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity, or hostile against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be so, then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Do you suppose Balaam was in the flesh? The jackass had more spirit about her than Balaam did, and he was the prophet. He was the he was the purported man of God. And, I, and, and when I was teaching this, I believe it was last week or week before last, I, I was trying to convey I could not understand how a man could do that, but the Spirit quickened my heart and said he was a madman. The, he forbade the madness of the prophet. And so that 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 is one of the curses in Deuteronomy 28. That is one of the curses in, in Deuteronomy 28, it is that is, there be a spirit of madness. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, 28. The Lord shall smite thee with madness. And the word madness there in the Hebrew means the same thing, insanity, foolhardiness, or craziness. God said, I will smite you with insanity, craziness, madness, and blindness, and astonishment of heart. You'll be stupefied through your foolishness. And th- this, is, this is where we are. It's like tonight, and I'm going to give it back to you, Steve. I just said, how is it? We look at what we witness today, and we look at it, and we say, how can these people be this far off? Um, the black politician, well, not, she's not a politician. She's one of Hillary's helpmates. Uh, uh, Jima, uh, I think that's her name. Uh, anyway, I heard her today. She said, it's time we have a woman president. The Constitution demands it. And I thought, whoa, you're, you're, you show, show you how blind you are. How many women signed the Constitution? None. How many women apostles were there? None. But you see, that's the spirit of the age. This book I'm writing on right now, Jim Baker asked me to write a book, and I'm writing it. The harlot church in Revelation 17 is feminized. She is called the mother of harlots. The church, the body of Christ, is called a he. 
you're witnessing the feminization of today's church. And that's why he rebuked the church at Thyatira. He said, notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which called herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. This is where we are. This is where we are. And so the church is a man because it is the body of Christ. It's not a woman. It's not the bride of Christ. It is the body of Christ. Ephesians 1, 22, 23, And hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. And as I was been studying for the last several weeks, I said, my God, the devil's going to substitute the true church, the body of Christ, with a feminized harlot church. So he says, come out of her, my people. I'm not being ugly here. Anatomically, men go into women. Women never enter into men. Men enter into women. The church is his body. He says, now come out of her because it's masculine. Get out of her. And see, we witness it tonight. They don't get it. They have eyes to see, they see not, ears to hear, and they hear not. This people's heart is waxed gross, lest they should be converted, and I should heal them. Matthew thirteen fifteen. They just they just can't get it. You know, we did a we did a I think we did a program. Maybe I did it by myself. I don't know. Some time ago, there'll be those who just don't get it. They just don't get it. I would be so afraid to not get it and understand it here in the end. That's why God in the last few weeks has been just telling me, you've got to seek the mysteries, the deep things of God. This is wherein lies the truth, but we don't care. We, we, we want to write about having your best life now and rather than seeking the deep things of God. So, Steve, I'm going to give it back to you. Well, thank you, David. I'm gonna I'm gonna close my part with uh, uh, again the poem of Randy Conway. The reason I do this is number one, I believe he's an, an anointed man of God. But number two, he's got a insight into this stuff. And by the way, David, uh, you know uh, I, I I'm going to try and find. I'm gonna go out and buy a she ass just and put it in one of my <laughs> friend's farms just to remind myself. That's a that's a humility lesson, you know. Don't end up like Balaam. I'm not a prophet, but just Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. Yes. This one is called Time Has Expired, and Pastor Langford did a wonderful teaching on the difference between karyos and chronos, the two different words for the time, specific times and then general times. Time is short. In fact, it is expired, and we are living only moment by moment now. It should be of no surprise. The scriptures are clear, and the word has been shouted loud. The lies are uncovered on a daily basis, yet there are too many who choose to ignore the truth that staring them in their faces that evil has passed through our doors. Many question what is evil and how did it enter in? The blind eye does not recognize and the doorway is our sin. The sin of tolerance has given way to the enemy external plan. Any moment hell will be unleashed when God removes his hand. We have not sold but freely given our children to the system of education, but we first gave up the education system to the enemy through our cessation. Removing ourselves any values that might have saved our children, and we wonder why, by lies, they have become imprisoned. 
We sit and absorb all the refuse that comes through the television set, believing the lies on the evening news, and then we sit and fret, wondering when the government will rescue us and leaving our responsibility up to others. We have given up our government and want instead a mother. We will kill the babies in the womb and justify our actions, sacrificing to Moloch, who accepts our blood with passion. Child sacrifice is uncovered everywhere, even the halls of leadership, and we think leaders are protecting the children because they want them microchipped. We are a world dependent upon drugs. We want every pain and emotion medicated. And in a blind stupor, we stumble, not seeing our freedoms have been eradicated. We accept the darkness because someone told us it was really light and claim homosexual, homosexuality is normal and not a perverted vice. We scoff at those who expose false flies, calling the words but theory, while people die because of what is an ancient, true, and real conspiracy. So we ignore the truth that would set us free, holding tightly to the comfort of the lies, and continue ever closer to the precipice of time, while God's patience we have tried. The economy is destroyed, but there are few who know the severity. They believe all is well, mistaking welfare for prosperity. Christianity is under attack, and the persecution has been implemented. We have been manipulated by the enemy and are positioned as he intended. We think food is plentiful and we will never suffer hunger. How many will die because disbelief has been their blunder? How many children will be forced to cry themselves to sleep because the covers are bare and they have nothing to eat? Do you believe the ritual abuse only exists on the movie screen? Do you refuse to hear the cries of the children as they scream? Do you believe that all wars are fought only for protection? Or do you know as soldiers die. It's for monetary collection. Blood moons and high holy days that seem to be aligned. Asteroids and planets in the heavens as a sign. An alien agenda to hybridize mankind. And the evening news says watch the Oscars for everything is fine. How true. Archaeology is covered up and the truth it reveals is quickly swept away. Science is searching for immorality, I'm sorry, immortality, so the elite may hold death at bay. Transhumans are sought the same as they were in Hitler's day. The lines of what is moral are now blurred and seen in shades of gray. Earthquakes are ravaging the ground beneath our feet. Volcanoes boiling magma is moving underneath. The weather is now manipulated by those with malevolent plans, and fools still think that there's no force greater than a man. We're a people dumbed down, manipulated, and confused. Our economy is broken and operates only as a ruse. We are poisoned with our air, with our water, and with our food. Vaccinations are no longer medicine, but another poisonous brew. The constantly is, excuse me, the sun is constantly erupting, spewing violently into space. What events are needed to awaken the human race? The, woke, the Pope wants to baptize aliens, and the church thinks that's just fine. I tend to think that reveals the branch is separated from the vine. Nuclear war has become a constant and ever-increasing threat. I wonder when an EMP will be delivered by a hostile enemy jet. And I think the time is limited to keep an uncensored internet. Of the many signs that reveal our time is gone, I haven't scratched the surface yet. We removed our guardrails of our society that kept us all protected. The warning signs we used to post have now been all rejected. And we and our children are now in danger of falling off this cliff, yet untold numbers still 
deny that we are on a precipice. We have all become the victims of our own failures, our failures to stand for truth while the taste of sin we savored. We have opened our doors to destruction and freely let it in, yet one stands at the door knocking, and we open not for him. The great and fearful day of the Lord is now at hand, and our time has all expired. You must choose not today, but this moment, to accept the truth or believe the liar. There is a way that seems right to man, but the, but the end leads only to destruction. There is only one way to escape from the wrath ahead. Listen to God's instruction. I think he put a whole lot of Bible in that poem. And David, I think that at this point, I know at this point that I'm getting emails. What will you guys do when the Internet goes down? Whatever God tells us to do. Well, how will you get your message out? He'll see that it gets out. And by the way, why don't you learn the same way that David Langford and I and others, we read our Bible, we pray, God shows us things because we have the hunger for truth, and as David shared with you tonight, the hunger to search out a mystery. This is the times, ladies and gentlemen. This is the end of time. It's not the end of the world, but this is a specific and a chosen and a specific time for God to reveal the mysteries that he has hidden until this time, but only those with eyes to see and ears to hear who hold their love of Jesus ever so near will be able to see beyond what's in the mirror. That was my little attempt at uh, giving back to Randy what he's so generously given to me. Doug, I want to thank you. I want to thank you with, uh, with all the people around the world who have joined with us tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, we pray for you. Thank you for praying for us. And we believe that if you'll call upon the name of the Lord, he's close to be, he's close. He's close as the word help and repent. You can't keep doing what you know you need to repent of, but ask God to give you the power and he will do it. I believe the Lord has stated so many times he's going to do a quick work and that means breaking people from the, uh, breaking people free of demons, deception, delusion, destruction, and eternal death. That's why he's called the author and finisher of life. That's why Jesus is the resurrection. David, thank you for uh, just coming on tonight. Thank you for sharing those wonderful revelations that God's given to you. And ladies and gentlemen, we pray for you that you'll be in the right place at the right time, never the wrong place at the wrong time. You'll be invisible to all evil, and that you will learn by literally following the, the leading of the Holy Ghost what it means to enter in to that secret place of the Most High God that Psalm 91 talks about. Blessings, Thank Doug. You. Thank you, Thank David. You, God Steve. bless. Amen. Thank, Thank you. you, Stephen. Thank you, Doug, for letting us be on tonight, brother. Oh, God bless you both. Thank you so very much. Uh, until next time, God bless. Okay, brother. Bye bye. All right, folks. That'll do it for us tonight. My goodness, what a what a how how blessed are we to have those two gentlemen joining us? You know, Proverbs twenty five two. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. Isn't that the truth? just want to say that uh, we're so blessed to have each and every one of you as an extended member of our family, listener, family listeners. Thank you so much for your support, your prayers, your financial support, everything you do for us. We're all in this together. Remember that. You can be be alone, but you're not alone. We're right there with you. And together we we will uh, push through. Tomorrow night, Rick Wiles, hour number one.